April, are you there? I'm here. Hey, the plan worked. We're live on the Young Adult and College Age Nazarene Ministry Network and on mine too. So people can be distracted from their work days at some level. So for everybody watching, listening, partaking, welcome to our monthly Yamcast live reader episode when we invite a guest who has been reading along with us in Beth Severson's book, Not Done Yet, to share from their perspective and experience with young adult ministry. And today we have with us April Manning from in Yakima, Washington, but not from Yakima, Washington. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in Mountain Home, Idaho. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, April, how long have we known each other? Um, I think I first met you at North, the Northwest District Camp. You were a camp speaker. And you were, and you were doing what? You were a staff? I was a youth leader. Youth leader, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you, were you a part of the Nazarene Church in Mountain Home? I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've been on this, I've been on this district and over here since like 1995. So I'm just wondering if maybe through camp or district or something that we would have met before. Maybe. I did work at Trinity Pines when I was in college. What years were those? Uh, the summer of 2011. Yeah, summer uh-huh. 2011. I was yeah, there. Well, I, I probably met you in that context as like a youth pastor because I was at Boise first, now Tree City, Tree City at the time. Um, now I just get to be a volunteer young adult leader, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, so what, how do you end up in Yakima, Washington? um from growing up in mountain Mountain home idaho uh yeah so i grew up in mountain home idaho and then i went to nnu uh for college and it was in between my sophomore and junior year is when i received the call to ministry Uh um and so i just kind of finished out what i was doing at nnu as a communications major and then i decided i would just go to seminary afterwards um so then after nnu Then in 2013, I moved to Kansas City and attended seminary and then met my husband, Dan. Um, And then I was working for the Church of the Nazarene uh, USA Canada Regional Office. And so I went to General Assembly in 2017 and I ran into Mike O'Neill, who was my pastor in Mountain Home, who is now the pastor at Yakima West Valley Church. Um, And he was looking for a youth pastor. And that's what my husband does. Uh, so we connected, we talked, um, he ended up hiring my husband and then we moved to Yakima, Washington and here I am working for my childhood pastor. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you know, I worked for Mike O'Neill for like two minutes. No, doing when he, well, he was the youth pastor at, at college church before he went to Mountain Home uh-huh. and I had just got hired on as an intern and he sat us down at the beginning of the summer uh, and said, Hey, I've accepted this call to be the lead pastor in Mountain Home, Idaho. So <laughs> you two guys are going to be in charge of the youth group for the summer. And we were like, Ooh. Well, I was like that. The other guy was like, Okay, I got this. And uh, it was an it was an interesting and and wild summer. Um, but yeah, 
and I've known him and, and, and then I've gotten to know his, his kids over the years and stuff. So we've got this interconnectivity. We've just been, and I know in 2017, I was a general assembly and you was a general assembly and I was doing stuff with the NYI office, um, both global and, and USA Canada. So I just think we didn't get to know each other. I don't, I don't think I, we really like spent some time doing something directly together yeah. until it was the lead conference that was online earlier in the spring. And I, I feel like we met through Chris Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or John, because I remember you and me talked last summer with John Comstock. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're, and now we're doing stuff kind of together. And now you're talking yeah. with me about this book and everything. Before we get into, we're doing chapters five and six in in the book, Not Done Yet. And I just, I'm really just curious to hear your thoughts and ideas and how um, how you reflected on it. But I'm just, I'm wondering if there's any um, things you've, you've run into recently with young adult ministry, college age ministry, um, that have been helpful resources or experiences, maybe a story you want to share, just something to kind of get us going, thinking about young adult ministry as we get into the conversation. Yeah, well, one of my favorite resources that I've used um, is like a Bible study, um, the Charitable Discourse series by Dan Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've used them both times, and both times they have gone exceedingly well and accepted among our young adults um I would use them on a Sunday morning um, during our Sunday class and the young adults really connect with a video series but then also the content um so dealing with you know the questions that we don't really ask or talk about like conversations like homosexuality you know drinking um just a whole bunch of other just topics that really kind of go hush hush um, and so they really engage in those kinds of conversations and are interested in talking about them. And so that series has been really great for our young adults. Um, we would sometimes have to, <laughs> we would get so involved in the conversation where we would only get to like one question that day. So we'd have to like continue the same topic a few weeks later. So I always thought that saw that as like a huge win. Like, you know, it's going so great that we just have to keep talking about it. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, so I'd recommend that resource. Um, but also, like, I guess a funny story or a fun story is that um, we always, like, are having fun. Um, kind of the first year we started the Young Adult Ministry, um, we were kind of doing events once a month uh, for everyone to get together. And it was February, and my leaders were like, we should do a Groundhog's Day party because why not? (laughs) So we like to celebrate just random holidays. Uh, So we threw a Groundhog's Day party and we watched the movie Groundhog's Day. Um, I had one of our young adults. She, um, she brought, she made this huge like sheet cake and she made it like a groundhog theme. So she made like a chocolate cake put icing over top of it and then dyed coconut flakes and made it like the grass and then used um what nutter butters I think as like the little groundhog dudes and like put eyes on them so we had this nice. like groundhog cake you know so just kind of really embracing the fun holidays and going with them um yeah so has that have been a reoccurring theme then too like when another kind of random or fun holiday comes up somebody's like okay we got to do this one 
just the one. Yeah. But we do, like, you know, emphasize like holidays. So, like in the fall, it's fun. Like um, this weekend, we're going to go to an apple festival and they have like apple slingshots you can do and get donuts. Um, so just kind of doing fun stuff like that that are more holiday themed. Uh, right on. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, okay. Are you ready to get into this book discussion? I guess so. <laughs> okay. What what if I mean we're looking at chapters five and six in here. So mm-hmm. just general overview before we might maybe just dive into chapter five. Were, were there were there a couple things that just stood out to you thematically or more nuts and even more nuts and bolts that you were like, hey, this is pretty good, or I've got some questions about that. Yeah, um, I think it was in chapter five. I don't remember quite exactly where, but just about how making um, your church services like guest friendly and making sure that they're um, like invitational to unchurched young adults, emerging adults, as she says. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I guess my husband and I have kind of been talking about. Um, so my husband's the youth pastor and then I'm a young adult pastor. Um, but we've kind of been toying with the idea of, um, kind of just being more involved in maybe our church's worship planning, um, and having a voice and at least being aware of what's going on. And so we can kind of give input to see if there's anything, you know, that we're doing during the service that maybe isn't as, um, I don't know, invitational to unchurched or something that they wouldn't understand. Um, so I thought her idea of, just kind of looking at your church service and seeing, is there any language, you know, that needs to be more explained? Is there anything that you're doing or any way you can involve more like unchurched young adults um, into the service so it can be more participatory for them as well? Um, so I like that idea. So we're kind of, I'm kind of toying with the idea of how to put that into practice right now. Mm. I find myself in, in reading these couple of chapters when she talks about unchurched adult, young adults, um, I I keep defaulting to you. Okay, I'm just trying to get the young adults that are Christians like connected and mm-hmm. and in connected in meaningful ways. Like they're around and more of them are getting connected. Um but how am I how am I being intentional about trying to offer things for them to connect intergenerationally in 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 meaningful ways? And so sometimes I f- feel as confessional on my part, I feel a little guilty because I'm like, I don't know that I'm thinking about unchurched young adults. I just, it's like, if if we don't have it set up in a way that's like already helpful for young adults that are following Christ, mm-hmm. like what what's going to even happen if unchurched young adults, um, and, and the, the, the term unchurched is interesting to me too, because it like, is, are they unchurched because they're not believing or, and so they're believing they're just not going to church. And so they're unchurched right. mm-hmm. or are they unchurched because they don't have any, they're like post-Christian. They don't have any point of reference for any type of faith story mm-hmm. or conversation. And so they're coming in and it's just Chris, like Christian gibberish because of the way that we're talking and putting, um, you know, saying things like, uh, putting 
words that sound like vocation at the end of the things, sanctification and mm-hmm. baptismals and whatnots. So I'm really focused on connecting the young adults that are already part of our church community. And I read this and go, oh, what about their friends that they might bring with them? And I, th- I, th- I, I'm, I think I'm asking you, what do you think about this? Um, but I'm just kind of going, okay, if the, if the young adults are here, feel welcome and they want to bring friends with them, that's good. But I need to make sure that they feel welcome first. That's, that's my first step. That's where, yeah. that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, advice. No, I think that's a really good place to start because yeah, like if you already have young adults in the church, you know, you don't just want to gloss over though, you know, them, you want to think about them as well. And how are they being connected? Like, I think I, I would agree with you. Like, I would say not all of our young adults here in the church are connected. Like some of them want to be connected, but some of them don't. Um, and so I guess I'm trying to figure out why those who aren't connecting, like, what is it that's keeping them from getting connected? You know, is it, is it their faith? Is it their personal journey? Is it just that, you know, they don't understand or, so I guess, yeah, asking a question of who are my young adults in the church? Are they all connected? Why aren't the ones who aren't connected? Like, why aren't they getting connected? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then because obviously they have friends who are outside of the church. Some of them may not be Christian. Some of them may be Christian, may not have a church home. So yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I answered it, but you've made me think. <laughs> oh, you're helping me think too. T- tell me what what does a, a cross section of young adult ministry look like in in a, a week with your church? Oh, or a month? What is that? What's what would a young adult be a part of? Um, so we have different things. Um, like Sundays we connect. Um, Sunday mornings we have a Sunday class before church service starts. Um, and usually that's where we're just connecting, catching up with one another. Um, that's where I meet a lot of new young adults, actually. Um, just recently in May, before I went on maternity leave, um, there was three new young adults who came and visited our Sunday class. Uh, so that's kind of the, the place where I meet new young adults at our church. Um, and they've kind of been brought by their friends um, to it, which has been cool. Um, and then we also have small groups. I think small groups is mainly the focus I'm moving towards now. Um, and so those ones meet Mondays. We have one for men's group and one for a women's group on Mondays. And then we have one on Fridays that's more of a... Uh, older young adult group with more singles and married people in it um and so those are kind of the weekly things that young adults can get involved in here at the church and then once a month we get together and have fun like do a game night or go somewhere um go on a hike just do something fun together yeah Mm -hmm. cool yeah i'm i'm finding and maybe i've shared this with you before but just that young adults 20 somethings they might all kind of intermingle and do different stuff together and in and out of different friendships there but there really comes kind of a space of life experience um partition that happens mid-20s 
whether people have gone to college or they've been working or whatever. But once you get post high school and kind of like 21, 22, 23 in there, then they start kind of going, Hey, I can hang out with these younger people, but we're at a different place in life. And so I need some older people to like hang around. Mm-hmm. I've tried to, I've tried to be careful not to like do stuff or um, in, in, invite the formation of things that would be like, okay, this is where you're at in life. And this is where you're at in life. And this is your relationship status. And this is yours. And so we're going to, we're going to just separate you all in these kind of different, like categorical silos because of how we look at you and just kind of gone, how do they all want to hang out together? And then what kind of, what kind of emerges from that? And so I think for me, that's part of the invitational culture is that uh, we're not telling you who, who your friends are and who to hang out with. Mm -hmm. we're paying attention to how you're connecting with us as a church body and then trying to respond with, with, uh, okay, how do we come alongside you and, and, and journey and journey with you. And so I, I, I think, um, I think I shared this when Chris and Jeremy and I were talking about this, um, chapter, a couple of chapters, but, um, and I've been sharing this with friends at church too, that are, that are volunteers with me. I don't think we have a young adult ministry at our church. I think we have a young adult network. And, and we're trying, we're trying to like connect them to the, as they come in kind of, okay, what's going on with you. Okay. Let's connect you to the network here and see how that, that works. But have you encountered that at all where it's like, there's this interplay between, is this a ministry or is this a network? Cause our only thing we have on Sunday mornings is this 25 minute piece of, of space that's connection. And then we just kind of go, oh, you should meet so-and-so you should meet so-and-so. And then they go do stuff together. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forget your question. Sorry. <laughs> it's because I mingled it and muddled it with so many other things, but ministry, um, young adult ministry and young adult network. And I, I listened to you and I'm like, man, you've got like a full fledged ministry. And then I'm a, a part of my church. I look at it and go, I think we're more of a network than we are a ministry. We don't have like three things on the on a weekly calendar that we can go go to this go to this go to this and that's what people are expecting i'm kind of like uh can we yeah, introduce you to a couple hard. people yeah no i understand that like i feel i feel the tension too like i feel like i don't know half of the time my brain is thinking we're like this ministry then the other half of the time i'm wrestling with we're more just like a network um and i'm trying to figure out what my role is like as a a paid you know, staff member, who's part of my focus is young adults, like, you know, I feel this tension between, am I producing something where the church board wants to keep me on as staff, but is young adult ministry looking the way that a youth ministry looks like? It's not. So I wrestle with, you know, trying to make, I guess, make sure that I still have a job. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you you mean though. Yeah. Well, Um, because it's, it's hard to sell the intangibles of a network, whereas a ministry, you can go, here's the things we're doing and here's how many people maybe that are coming to them. mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess what I'd say is that I like to have things in place. So for young adults who are looking for a ministry, a program, we have something for you. For those who, you know, are kind of just wanting to more organically naturally get involved in the church we still have a place for you like I guess with those people I would just naturally guide them towards you know a small group you know here's here's a small group I think you would probably fit in well with 
um, you know, we have different ones for you to try out. I remember we had um, a young adult join us back in January and he's had a lot of different life experiences than a lot of us had, have had. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, we have a small group for, you know, a men's group, or we also have this other group um, with more older young adults who maybe you'd find that you'd fit in better with and just kind of letting them explore and kind of find their way. Um, and so what you're saying about a network, I feel like, yeah, part of my job is just trying to make sure for one, you know, I we're including young adults in the church um, that we're being invitational towards them. Like that's my number one goal is, is that um, we're being inviting to young adults um, that we're like integrating them into the life of the church, um, despite whether they're a part of a young adult ministry or not. That's my number one goal. Are they here at the church? Are they um, growing in faith? Are they making faith commitments and growing deeper in the relationship with Christ? That's my number one goal and for everyone too. Um, but since I'm focused on young adults, then I have more of a focus for young adults. Yep. Um, and then comes kind of the next part. Okay, how can I help d- disciple you and help help you deepen your faith in Christ? And so that comes with more of the small groups, um, I guess, kind of programming. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's let's get a little bit more into the the chapter specifically here in chapter five title changing creating an invitational culture which we've already been talking about here just curious do you have highlights from this chapter things that stood out to you that you made note of let me see i like to underline my my book so right i go through against that (laughs) no i you know what when i have a hard copy book it's like i'm adding chapter it's like i'm editing the book it's what it looks like except you can't (laughs) read it afterwards and in my digital copy I've got in front of me that I reviewed before we talked today, I I do all different colors of highlights. Oh. And then and then I go back and look at my highlights and see what stood out to me. So I'm totally with you. Well, the first thing I underlined was um, on page 65 when she's talking about how um, church leaders encourage attendees to invite friends to attend church um, and how the pastor was creating the expectation every week um, talking about inviting their friends to come, inviting their neighbors to come. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, sometimes you read things and it's convicting. And I would say that's part, partly what is, what was convicting to me. Like, am I talking about people that I, I am inviting to church? You know, do I, do I invite people to church? Um, and so creating an expectation, if you want, you know, it's going to start with the leadership. Like, if you want young adults, young adult people, your the people you're ministering to, to encourage them to invite friends, are you yourself doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of convicting for me because I the lead by example part. Yeah, uh huh. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I am. <laughs> I don't remember when last time I did. Um, so do you let, let me let me lean into that one just a little bit because i think there's different there's different approaches here there's different ways of being in the world as followers of christ together and i'm all for inviting people to church but admittedly i'm i'm a little bit slow to do that and some of it is because i've i've we've had this house in this neighborhood in this subdivision um since 2005 and my neighbor right next to us, I've known for a really long time. And she's like, she's like, 
family for us. Um, and she knows who I am and what I believe in, what I post on Facebook, what I'm talking about on Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm always inviting her to church and trying to get her to come to church and it would come off as very transactional, my friend across the street. Um, so if I'm, if I'm working in my community, in my neighborhood where I live and do life with my family mm-hmm. and I've had these, I'm feeling this out constantly of, is this somebody where, where would I have a conversation about faith? Is my life demonstrated in such a way that's pointing to Christ? Um, do I need to have the conversation? Do I need to invite somebody to church? And so I'm admittedly slow on inviting people to church because I figure it's this long, it's this long, hard, deep work of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm inviting them to church, sometimes I'm afraid I'm going to short circuit it. Other times I'm in settings where I'm like, hey, I just met you and you're new to the community and stuff. And hey, I, you know, I'm a part of this church over there. And if you'd be welcome anytime. And I've, I've totally done that as well. But the relationships I've been around the longest of people that may or may not have a relationship with Christ or be interested in church, I'm playing a long, slow kind of like lean with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. That makes it, sense yeah and i and i wonder if some of our you know young adult friends and people that we're in community with maybe they're they're doing some of that too but they're going to bring the people that they want to um Mm. and and maybe this is confessional as well but i'm just a little bit more concerned about and maybe i'm pushing back on some of the things she says in the chapter here and i told you i wasn't going to do that but i'll just i'll i'll end with this and the microphone back over to you april um I'm just a little bit more concerned of, and, and I think in a healthy way, but like, a, I want to make sure I'm talking about how are young adults living in their world, in their house, with their housemates, in their college dorm room, in their neighborhood, with their family more than I am. Are you inviting people to church? But how are you living in such a way that people might want to be a part right. of a faith community yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a better approach and perspective. Yeah, rather than the transactional, like, oh, you want to come to church with me? You know, just because then you don't want to miss out on the relationship, the potential relationship that you could have built with that person, you know, yeah. like, like you're saying, I think it's a, you know, case by case basis, you got to feel this person out, you know. Um, yeah, but then you also don't want to just make it where church is the place where you have to come to be saved or you have to come to grow in your relationship with Christ. You know, you can, you can meet God, you know, at a Starbucks, you know, you can introduce someone to Christ there or, you know, in, in your living room, it doesn't have to be at church. So, yeah, I mean, I understand the importance of having a community um, and being surrounded, you know, by a church community and having that as a foundation. But I mean, if people, want to first kind of get to know like Christ through someone else outside of church, you know, I'm more for them coming to Christ rather than where they're coming to Christ at. Yeah. And, and I, I don't have a problem worshiping at the chapel of St. Arbucks. I don't know if you're familiar with, with St. Arbucks drinking from the chalice there, but um, I think it's a great place to have those conversations. Um, Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think we're talking uh, just around of, yes, we invite people to church and yes, the author thinks that that's important. And we think that that's important. I think it's important. You do. Um, 
but I her overall point in the chapter, if I'm picking it up right, is is your is your church situation welcoming towards the unchurched? So if they were to be there, that they that they would be welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that gives me some pause just to think about okay, how how does somebody that, that doesn't know Christ at all and they walk in? Do they feel like they're on a completely different planet? And mm-hmm. even if they do, can they understand the language? Can can what can the important things be communicated? Should they feel like that they're on a different planet? You know, like we're that peculiar people, and so we're kind of strange. And so just know that about us Christians, which is already true. Um, yeah. But that that's the point of this chapter, right? Of like, will the unchurched feel welcome in your church worship setting? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. But I didn't miss the point of the chapter. No. <laughs> well, what else you got from this chapter? What what else has jumped jumped out to you? Was that the main thing, or do you got some other ones? Uh, I think that's the main thing. I also, I mean, I really like just the reminder to like schedule meetups with unchurched friends. Um, I think I get hung up on the word unchurched a lot of the time because she just uses it so much. And I'm thinking about, like you said, okay, unchurched, but also you got to think about the church young adults too in your your community. Uh You can't, you know, so, um, so I guess I've kind of been thinking both and, uh, so let's get meetups with unchurched friends. Well, Okay. Um, so like this Sunday we had a young adult and he brought, um, his girlfriend for the first time. Um, and so I got to meet her and then I was reading through this chapter again and I was like, oh, you know what? I should actually reach out and be like, oh, you guys want to go to lunch? Um, so I can get to know her more. Um, so I appreciated that reminder. Um, but I just, I guess, wouldn't agree with it. You, you got to apply it to both churched and unchurched friends. Like, I wouldn't just be like, okay, I'm only going to reach out to you if you bring an unchurched friend, you know, and I don't think she's going that far, but yeah, I just kind of like including or being an includer is like one of my top like strengths. So, so you're, yeah, you, you need to read that with this lens though, that, that helps us be better mm-hmm. of where we, where are we missing in including people? Um I, I think in the back of my mind is just the challenge that is young adult culture and young adult ministry and the local church and local churches, for the most part, not really sure what to do or don't understand why things don't work with Christian young adults, let alone, you know, young adults that aren't believing. And so I'm going, okay, the primary issue is not do the unchurched feel welcome in our church settings. The primary issue is do the church young adults feel welcome in our church settings? And if not, why? That's mm-hmm. maybe that's that's questions not in this chapter, but I think it's what makes me a little bit antagonistic towards some of the unchurched conversation. And 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 um, is that like the cart's getting before the horse here? Like we've got some basic things to figure out about young adult ministry right. with believing young adults first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and I'm very much on the on the anvil with that, but I think it's a collaborative conversation. And so it's not a, we've got this figured out for young adults. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, um, my friend, Anna, do you think your young adult 
or do you think you're going to do you think your friends would feel welcome at our church setting and if not why mm-hmm. and what can we what can we do about that it's it's conversations this type of a chapter drives me to want to have conversations like that to understand better and to do something together and not just rearrange the furniture and change the mission statement and paint the building you know what i mean yeah yeah and i appreciated this chapter kind of i guess just this whole book as well so for me who has a young adult ministry um is the called a young adult pastor at the church yeah um it's kind of helped me to look outside of this ministry and to look at the church as a whole because i feel like the book is more talking about does your church have a young adult ministry or is your church reaching to um what is it reaching and keeping unchurched young adults or emerging adults like so more so the conversation it's a broader perspective which I appreciate because a lot of the time I'm bogged down by just okay what are we doing as a ministry what can we do better but I really like the perspectives that are offered for what is our church as a whole doing to be welcoming not just is our young adult ministry welcoming yeah but that's not going to make a difference if the church isn't welcoming you know yeah you know i i heard something this week um i was listening to uh i think it's young adult ministry leaders podcast and they had some something emory white is his name but he's like written all these young adult like expert books and stuff some of them i've read i should remember his name it's a really good podcast. i'm thinking about posting it because um i just really enjoyed listening to it and um he said this as a lead pastor in a church where like the majority of his staff are millennials and younger he said who you stage is who you will have in your church whether that's whether it's age demographic whether it's ethnicity but who people see on the stage is going to be reflected in who is participatory and a part of the church gatherings and i thought that was a very interesting insight and reflection um there needs to be some culture with that as far as the leadership goes and the church goes because you can't just change the people out all of a sudden and expect an immediate result but i think i've seen that with my local church of um when i look up and i see intergenerational on the stage like five decades represented um and i and i look in the congregation and i see okay you know that's that's who we are and I get really pumped when I see young adults that are leading a lot behind the scenes with stuff. And I thought, you know what? If young adults stopped going to our church, mm-hmm. we would be so hurting. And I love, there would be so many gaps. And I, and I just, I really love that right now. And so, well, on the integration piece, it's just kind of, it's been, it's been very intentional for folks. I haven't been super involved with that. I've just got to reap the benefits of it personally. Um, but I can see that reflection from the stage with the congregation. I can see that how young adults are integrated. And when they're integrated into lots of different life parts of the church, they feel at home. They feel welcome. They, f- they feel like it's someplace that they can invite someone to because they're, they're a part of it. They're not just consuming it. They're collaborating mm-hmm. with it. And so I think that's a part of this inviting culture. I think it's also part of, um, chapter six, including the super glue for emerging adults segue. Um, 
what are your thoughts on who you stage is, is, you know, who's will be reflected back from the congregation and integrating them within the greater church body? How's that looked for you? I'd say we kind of look similar really to what you're describing. Um, like on, so for instance, like during our worship services, um, I feel like we always have a young adult represented up there or multiple of them. Uh, we have maybe not, well, so with COVID now, we don't have as much senior adults. So I think we're, we're lacking in that representation up there. Um, but we also um, have a pretty big like uh, Mexican community in Yakima. So um, we're trying to become also multi-ethnic church. Um, and so sometimes we'll have, um, you know, that ethnicity represented up there as well. Um, so we're trying to do awesome. things so that we're becoming, we want to become more like multi-intergenerational, inter, uh, multicultural. Um, so those are kind of the two big things we're hitting. We're trying to, I think we're cognizant of staging that on Sundays. Yeah. Pastor does a pretty good job of making sure we have a good representation. But yeah, um, I mean, who people see, yeah, is going <laughs> to, whether you want want it to be that way or not, like whoever is up on stage is going to represent kind of who's a part of your church. Yep. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, talk to me about the super glue stuff for emerging adults uh, in chapter six here, where Beth Severson talks about including. Yeah. It is a part of who you are, April, self, self-identified as an includer. Yes. Yeah, no, this? I really like yeah. this chapter. Um, I really like the focus on small groups, I guess, mainly because that's kind of been my focus with um, young adults. And really just my experience as a whole, like relationships are such a huge, huge thing in ministry, um, despite what ministry you're doing. Um I guess I first kind of learned that I was in, um, I lived in Ireland for a year and, uh, I was a student missionary alongside of Stephen Morley and Sarah Voigt. Oh um, yeah. I know them. You know them? Oh, yeah, okay. I sure do. Actually. Yeah. And the last time I was with them was in a restaurant in Yakima when I was out there for a faith promise, when Jason Johnson was still on the district out there, oh, my. Wow. but I had a, had a meal with them and then they went back to Ireland and I haven't, I haven't talked with them since. But cool. Yeah. So I was living with them. Um, yeah, in 2015. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the whole the whole thing that we did was just being relational. Um, because you know, in the Republic of Ireland, that's where we were, um, so many people were just kind of bogged down by religion since mm-hmm. it was such a I don't know, like they would go to school, they would go to like a Catholic school or an Anglican school. And so they're just taught religion, religion, religion. And so church to them wasn't a positive experience for them. And so we were just there to make relationships with people, um, let them know, hey, you're loved, we love you, God loves you. So um, my experience there has really influenced the way that I do ministry now. Um, And so just seeing the way that it plays out, even like if you don't have a relationship with someone and you try to invite them to something, most of the time, I don't really get a good response. Um, mm-hmm. But if I start, you know, building that relationship with them, and then they can get to know, hey, I'm generally interested in you. I genuinely want to see you 
you know, at church or at this event, not because I'm trying to get numbers, but just because I like you and I want to hang out with you. Um, you know, that's so important. And yeah, so I guess I'm kind of changing the approach that I'm taking with ministry is I'm not just expecting young adults to come to the things that we put on. Um, I'm now getting more engaged in asking young adults, hey, you want to go grab coffee, meet up, chat? Because a lot of the time, young adults have very different schedules. Yeah. Um, most of them aren't working like a nine to five job Monday through Friday. Most of them, you know, half of them work weekends, half of them work nights, half of them, you know, so trying to get everyone together at one time is just not possible and feasible. Right. And so if I'm just relying on events that we're doing or Sunday mornings, then I'm missing out on really engaging with these young adults who are a part of our church, but just can't make these things because they have other commitments, you know, that they're a part of. So my approach has been recently just kind of trying to still connect with those who I know either work a weird job in hours or can't make it on Sundays to let them know that, Hey, we're still thinking about you. You're still a part of the church. We love you. Um, And to encourage them on their faith journey. I may have gotten off topic, but no, it's really good stuff. It's, and it's, it's going where they're at, meeting them in, in the context and community. They're adulting, they're doing their work, their life and their schedules like people raise them to do. And then, you know, we plan an event and you don't get as many people there as you want. What did you expect? They're, they're at a different place in life. And, and then the young adult culture shifts too. And mm-hmm. so it's, you know, who's going, who's going to be there? What else is going on? I don't know, you know? And so that's, I think for me, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just the ego protection, but I just went, I'm not going to plan stuff. People aren't showing up to, I'm mm-hmm. going to connect them to each other. And when they want to do stuff together, they can do it because they're adults. That's awesome. I don't have to get the van in order to make this happen. Like a youth, you know, like I did as a youth pastor, um, but if they want to do something together and they want to centralize something through the church and they want to, okay, like, let me know how I can help champion that with you and facilitate that. And, and I'm speaking as a volunteer, it's a different, it's a different perspective, but I'm also trying to maybe exemplify stuff that's sustainable for the majority of folks out there. You said you're, you're the young adult pastor, but you have other responsibilities. What are your other responsibilities? Yeah, so I'm our guest services pastor. So I guess the last chapter about making sure it's inviting and welcoming kind of falls under me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so just kind of overseeing our greeters and ushers, um, scheduling them and um I kind of hospitality. Hospitality, yes. I've I've kind of made it more so it, it used to just be a scheduling like thing, but I've kind of tr- tried to make it more so help them see actually this is this is a ministry you're a part of. Um, so that's, that's another part of my responsibility. And then I also, um, do some administrative work here in the office. So, yeah. So you're wearing, you're wearing lots of different hats, but you have this passion for young adults and young adult ministry and how this integrates into the life of the church, but you're also challenged to be like, okay, how is this not just about being in the building and getting people to be here and programmatic, but like, how is it, how is it? relational and how is it out and and with them and um it's to me that's the beautiful challenge because how how do we lead that by example 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we're leading that by example, then we're not just replicating the religion that folks in the Republic of Ireland are burn out on, but mm-hmm. we're exemplifying the the relationship that I think is the super glue. Yeah. Relationship with Christ, relationship with each other. I think the young adults that are around our church and and the other young adults um, with our church, they're there because they want to be because they they got they got it was they got stuck on because of relationship because it was genuine because it was authentic and even though I can be super awkward, I am awkwardly authentic. You know? Yeah, and I think one of your questions from. Um like the format you sent me with how, how did I get involved in like young adult ministry or what kind of made me go into it was my own experience. So I graduated from NNU in 2013. And then I was living in Yampa for a summer. Um, so I, I was working with MAF and so I needed a place to stay and I lived with April McNeese. Um, and she so you were part of Karcher Nazarene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Young adult Karcher, yak. Yak, yes. Okay. (laughs) So I was a part of their group um, for that summer. And I think, I don't really remember what we talked about on Sundays, but I do remember, you know, having pool parties at our house, um, getting together with some young adults after church and going to lunch. And those were really fun and formative times. And, you know, I just want to see that keep happening. I guess I just want to keep living that experience. (laughs) So what what year was that April? That was 2013. 2013. Okay. I still talk to uh, April McNeese every once in a while. Yeah. I hit her up for something, run something by her, run into her in the community and stuff. She's awesome. I, I just think that's one of the, that's, that's one of the places that I've been to on our district and at Karcher Naz um, with the young adults, not recently, but because of April and just her passion there. And so it's cool to hear that you guys' stories connect together. You've hung out with a lot of awesome people. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, I've had really great opportunities. I'm very thankful <laughs> and blessed. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else from this chapter six here you wanted to highlight, did highlight, can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is just, yeah, relationships and, um, you know, those small groups. Um, So, yeah, I think I've talked a lot about relationships and, yeah, forming forming small groups. Um, Just having places for young adults to go and to connect with others and to be in relationship with others, really. My my day job as the young adult connection pastor mm-hmm. remote with shepherd community center in indianapolis um i found one of my roles with that over the last few months is just helping to lean into intentional mentoring conversations and she mentions that here in the chapter about mentoring communities and so i found myself talking with staff there at, in indianapolis um and ideating on some things and then setting some stuff up for the for the young adults that are doing the fellows program and everything there. And, and then I sort of, I was like, wait, why am I not doing some of this stuff with my local church? And like, um, and, and maybe it's because shepherd is set up in a way where the young adults are going, Hey, we want mentoring. Like that's one of the reasons we came here is to be mentored by folks. And so um, 
when's that start? When's that going to happen? And we're, we're like, oh, well, here's a few different ways. And so it got me thinking about what are the different ways mentoring can happen within a church body without like setting up, um, like we're going to have a mentoring program. And sometimes when I feel like I name things and like announce them, I've already ruined them. They're doomed to failure. It's not going to work. But mm. if you just kind of start like doing stuff and like connecting people. So what if somebody that's like an older couple in the church that are think kind of cool and you'd really like young adults to be around them and they just happen to invite any young adults that wanted to over to their home sometime, but it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like a program thing. And there's just some young adults that connected to them. And then all of a sudden, it's like you could look from the outside and be like, oh, mentoring's happening. But as far as they know, it's just some young adults and some and senior adult couple in the church that maybe they're retired missionaries. Maybe they're retired pastors. Maybe they're just, you know, retired. Well, maybe they're not retired. I don't know. Maybe they just missed their grandkids. And so we got some grandkid age people. It's, there's ways to connect these things very sustainably within our church bodies for these mentoring communities that don't have to look like other places. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're more natural. So I'm just, I'm wondering if you stumbled into any of those mentoring community type things where it's like, you're like, wait a minute, I think they're being mentored by somebody, but nobody really like, this wasn't on purpose. It just started happening. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, um, mainly with um young adults who attend who are also youth leaders um so you've got like a really good group of like we have some young adult young adults who are youth group leaders but then we also have like older adults who are youth group leaders and you know the youth group leaders get together and um I don't know I just see like relationships forming between the youth group leaders and there's been a couple of times where I know one of our young adults was looking into like a master's degree program and uh, for education and one of our youth leaders another one of our youth leaders she's older and she's actually she's like been through this program before and so they were just starting to chat and I I was like oh that's kind of cool um and then another one with like another another kid who's been helping out with youth um yeah I just see him getting more involved with um some of the other youth leaders who are into hunting um so and then I see him hanging out with them and going on hunting trips and you know so yeah I see this mentoring happening like kind of just organically um and it's by no means anything I'm doing <laughs> so, right yeah. yeah that's that's some of the things that I'm seeing happen with young adult ministry with our church I'm trying to, I get excited about it but then I'm like wait don't don't say anything Kenny like just let it happen yeah, yeah, I get that. Because then I'm like, oh, maybe I should like go up to them, that couple and ask, hey, would you like to be a young adult leader? Or, I don't know. Would you like to do something? Right. Like, let's let's formalize this. Let's get you. And, and sometimes that's that's appropriate and, and it, it works and everything. But I'm just as soon as sometimes as soon as I do that, it's just like, wait a minute. I think did I kill it? Oh, man. You know, there's on a, on a personal note, my daughter, is a, she's a senior at, at Northwest Nazarene. And somewhere mid high school, um, the youth pastor and youth ministry, and I've been on the youth staff for however many years, they hosted this Thanksgiving intergenerational Wednesday night thing. So it was with the youth group and they had people prepare food and they invited senior adults um, to come and hang out with, with the youth. This one couple 
got randomly seated by my daughter one of the years that she was in high school and they have stayed connected to this day and that senior adult couple in our church write my daughter notes they send her gift cards every once in a while sometimes she tells us about them sometimes she doesn't but this lady will come to me at church she's one of the greeters at our church too and she'll she'll be like hey i just want you to know i'm praying for your daughter i'm like that's and it wasn't an official pro it's just something that it just because they were in proximity to each other there was just kind of this connection in the spirit and then they decided to run with it and I, i i find myself you know you were saying earlier about like what's what's your role there's ministry and there's network well i like to fancy myself april as a relational broker within the church body and sometimes it's official and sometimes it's unofficial but I'm brokering these like connections. And sometimes it's just experimental. I'm just like, I wonder if these people and these people got around each other. I wonder what would happen. And I'm just trying to just make that little connection and just step back and go, okay, that didn't work or no, that did work. So it's very, the, the mentoring community thing is very experimental um, for yeah. me, but I think it's a part of, of being a healthy community. And another thing, I'll just wrap up my thoughts and I'll ask you one last question here but that she shares in on page 85 in the chapter is um, healthy communities do not coerce anyone to perform uh, Christian enactments. And I think that whether that's a prayer or it's, it's just like trying to get people to, you know, mimic, but not really feel it. That's not what we're about. That's not what we're talking about. This is about genuine relationship and journey and being able to ask questions and um, people intergenerationally caring for each other um to me that's that's what a mentor is going to be somebody generally cares for for someone and so i don't know i did it again i told you i wasn't gonna like go off and talk about the stuff but you got i got excited i'm not gonna blame it on you but i got excited and it's fun talking with somebody about young adult ministry yeah no i appreciate it mm-hmm. i need this more in my life <laughs> Same. Well, let me ask you just one last kind of parting question here before we, we call it good for this live version of the Yamcast. Um, any parting thoughts of things you've learned recently that could be offered as like um, words to the wise or uh, like parting wisdom or, oh, speak to us, April, she of <laughs> young adult ministry prowess uh let's see i guess the biggest thing i've learned um so i've been doing this for three years so the biggest thing i've learned is just um being consistent um being available for young adults um letting your young adults or the church know that there is something for them um i think that's just been the biggest thing like even if young adults don't come to anything or you know, you feel like you're not getting that great of a response. It's just nice to know that the church has something for them. That's so right. whenever, you know, cause they're in this time of experimenting. I don't know if earlier in the book, she, I think she talked about like experimenting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're going to come and, and then they're going to go. And so if you're just basing your ministry around, you know, this really low time, like, you know, maybe there's going to be highs and lows, you know, they, they come and they go. <laughs> and so it's, that's what makes it hard though, because, you know, when you get a high and you're like, oh man, it went so great. We had all these people here. Like, um, it just seems like it's going so well, then eventually it dips down and, you know, then it's like, oh, what's going on? 
Um, and so I think in those moments, you can kind of get a little depressed and just want to kind of give up. But if you stick with it, stay consistent, like these young adults, they'll show up and, and they need it. Like they want something, um, whether they realize it or not. So just being consistent, being available and be, being there for them is something that I've learned over the past three years. Man, I really, I really resonate with that. It's, you said something that I've, I've said and, and felt many times. And so I feel kind of confirmed in it, but it's just that they know that it's there, even if they can't make it because of work schedule, or they just didn't want to, they know that it's there and it's for them and, and, and that it was created for them. Mm -hmm. And, and that, um, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't based on metrics in such a way where they went, oh, they did stuff for young adults, but not enough of, I was there, there was only three of us, but because there wasn't any more, they decided not to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I want something, a part of my church body where young adults always know it's there. And if I show up, it's there for me and I can connect. And I just, I love that about what you just shared. And, and, and um, um, I think that's, that's so important and it can be embodied and, and, and incarnated so many ways within different contexts mm-hmm. and seasonal young adult ministry is so seasonal. It is a, like plan for it to be seasonal plan for a mass exodus and then for people to come back and then for it to be unper- like, if we plan that way, then like, don't be so surprised by it. Come on, people, you know, we're living how to pivot here. So yeah, yeah, cool. Good parting stuff. Well, I'm going to end our Facebook live for now. But thanks for coming on and being a guest with us. And then let's let's you and I stay on and just chat just a little bit if, if you've got time. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, April.